0: In a bag going crazy, with peace on a hood Mercedes. Young boys letting off eighty, lean next to a Dior like Hades. Say no, corner, no Bailey. Don't internet clown, gonna play me. Money ain't never gonna make me. I can win with a couple bucks like Brady. If she ain't baby, you cannot shame me. When they gonna pay me to shut my
1: mouth and gotta okay me, then they gonna save me. I'm gonna stay free.
2: What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. Hope all is well with you guys. As you guys can see, I got some friends with me on the podcast. Uh, I'm just going to have, as a podcast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I had a fun moment already. <laughs> yeah, Parker, uh, you prayer not work, bro. Already <laughs> off to a start.
2: It's already off to a start. It's it's y'all got to be in agreement. You
4: don't want to
2: <laughs> I didn't hear him say amen. That's what happened. <laughs> That's what it is. Drink his water like this. <laughs> For real. I'm going to let everybody introduce themselves. So we'll start with Yosef and we'll go all the way down. What's up, yeah. y'all? Uh, my name is Yosef.
0: I'm not a stranger to shaping the culture, but no. how y'all doing?
1: <laughs> Hi, my name is Salim. Hi, my name is Samri. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I want to make
3: sure you heard me. Yeah. It is. It's definitely working. Hi, my name is Sam. Glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello, my name is Parker.
2: Mm.
4: Mr. Thibodeau. Yes, sir.
2: <laughs> well, we're here to talk about something that's fun, exciting, engaging. We already have these conversations behind closed doors when Mm -hmm. the cameras are off, and we're like, "Why not press play and just have a?" (laughs) (laughs) Solomon looks a little nervous.
0: Yeah, 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 tweaking, (laughs) bro.
2: But here, this is the reality of it all. One of the reasons we're all kind of nervous and on edge is because we're not having these conversations enough, and I think that's part of the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, When we think about sexuality, when we think about sex drive they're all God-given, they're gifts from God, Um, but it's been hijacked by culture and it's been perverted by culture and now it's got the people of God shaking in their boots. And so one of the reasons why we actually wanna have this conversation is to bring some light to it, um, bring some ease to it, bring the word of God on it, bring some freedom in it, and um, yeah, have fun, productive conversations. And so um, you guys have seen the title, Horny and Holy, Uh, I guess my first question for us today is Is that an oxymoron? Can you be horny and can you be holy at the same time? What do you guys think?
4: Yes, next question. (laughs) (laughs) You want to break it down? Yeah, so I think, so how I would define like horny is just like, man, I just feel like I want to have sex with somebody or I just Mm -hmm. like, I feel like a desire to like be physical with somebody or express my love in a very uh, full and complete way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think like that's bad thing i think i'm made that way i Mm. think it's just a matter of like um managing that and making that submit to um my relationship with the lord because i think he made me that way on purpose Mm. but i think it's also um a practice of discipline to um keep all that in check until it's the proper time to do so right um like that's a that's a challenge but can you be both like yeah absolutely i think we could all attest to that yeah i think it's a matter of like is it always easy i think it's like a question that you could
2: get into Well, you brought up a really good point, this idea that God made you that way. That's such a foreign concept to think God made us horny or God gave us a sex drive. Uh, How does that land on everybody in the room? Is that obvious, like, duh, God made us with a sex drive? Or is that even tough for some of you to really process
1: and make sense of? I think it's very healthy. Um, The God that made, um, created marriage. The God that created a couple, Adam and Eve of course, would, um, that would have to be factored in, you know, mm-hmm. the, the healthy s- sex drive, the appetite for f- be fruitful frou- frou- and multiply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, um, it's definitely healthy, and I agree with Parker. Uh, but when we say horny, what exactly do we mean? Like, mm-hmm. like do we wanna break that down? Um, because there's a, an unhealthy habitual you know, fixation um, mm-hmm. on sex or the thoughts that we have. And where do we want to, you know, to cap that, or you know, uh, where do we want to stop the thought? Right. As people that people, especially people that we're not ex- able to exercise, me as a single person, for example, when I, before I was married. You good before I was, yeah, I was I married? Was like, Y'all gotta talk about something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Can we do some <laughs> <laughs> That's a question for you. When I'm
0: single. <laughs> yeah
1: used to be y'all don't have sex What's
2: but yeah go ahead go
0: ahead she, she said something that really like hit me like as like so pastors right bringing it straight to the gospel yeah. whenever god like gives a command he doesn't just command you to do something against your will yeah. he gives you the desire to do so mm. i think in the old testament we view like the law like as something that we like have to do under compulsion yeah. got to force ourselves to do it but knowing that whatever god is commanding us to do he's given us the capacity and the strength to do and so even like when we talk about sex drive it's like man it's god given but you know a lot of us like we grew up in like this purity culture and so the term even like when you first ask the question like can you be horny and holy Mm -hmm. it's almost like can you be a sinner and holy like you know because like the the term in my mind of horniness it's like Oh, that's something sick that's, like, wrong. Uh, you, you have to suppress that. Like, there's something wrong with you if you're constantly desiring. It's like, and I remember even as a kid, you know, asking God, like, yo, I can't, yeah. Like, I, literally, I mean, like, I'm not even joking. Like, praying, like, God, take this desire away from me because this is causing me to stumble. I always feel shame. I'm always feeling guilty. Remove this da- desire from me. And I just remember in that moment of prayer, like, the Holy Spirit, like, just prompting my heart, like, yo, this is something that I gave you right like so it's like this appetite this desire in its proper context this is meant to be beautiful could you really want to have this desire to be removed because what kind of fruitfulness will you find in your marriage or will you even be married like if if i'm over here like asexual have no desire for sex like you know it's hard to, to stay married you know what i'm saying yeah
2: unless you find another asexual partner.
0: Another sexual, a follow-up to this conversation is like, is it, is it worth it to get married if you're not having sex? <laughs> mm, <laughs> so I can just yeah. have That's, you know, that's <laughs> good.
3: <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> that's actually really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> talk, talk about it. Yeah. Okay.
5: Samri wants to, um, wants to say something. I think like, you asked like, I forgot what you asked, but, <laughs> but um, <laughs> like it hasn't always been healthy, like to have like, like, to me, like, mm. um, sex wasn't always, like, something that I saw, I was, like, holy, you mm-hmm. know? Um, Cause, like, surrounding that, it was just, like, a lot of negative things and, like, a lot of guilt. And so, like, until I learned, like, it is actually, like, what God desires for us, you right. know? Obviously in the context of marriage and everything. Yeah. Um. So until, like, you get to that idea, it's, like, it's always gonna be unhealthy and, like, yeah. always, like, mm. just full of guilt and stuff. Yeah. Um. I'm not saying I'm over that, but I feel like it's like a mm. it takes time to um to heal from that. Mm. So I just want to point like I think a lot of people are still in this like trying to see sex as like a good thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. So
0: and I think the reason why we have like both singles married people inputting into those conversations is because like I think a lot of times we like put sex drive only in the context of of marriage. Mm. Mm. But it's what gets us into marriage, right. you know what I mean? Like, Paul is like, yo, rather yeah. than burning up with desire, right. get married, right. you know what I mean? But if we're over here, like, and I think that's the problem with our generation, like, because so many people are having sex outside of marriage, mm. there is no desire for marriage, mm. you know what I mean? And so I think the sex drive is even healthy as a motivating force to, all right, right. Yo, yo, like, settle down, you know what I mean? Like, yo, if, all right, like, maybe she, she's not, she or he is not meaning everything that you've, like, You've set out as like, oh, like she's gotta have this, this, and this. But because of that sex drive that you have, you're like willing to compromise. man, Not, <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> not compromise, <laughs> but really like solid. Have, your <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Yeah, getting your priorities right, right for real. Right, exactly. Right, yeah.
2: No, I, I love what everybody's been saying. And even the shame part Samory was talking about, that's so key. A lot of us are still in our adulthood, like mid, late 20s, early 30s, unlearning mm-hmm. this idea that having a sex drive is healthy and it's right and it's (laughs) god-given salim talked about the idea that um we got to put some self-control on that and just because we have that desire that doesn't mean we're going to get to this in a second that we should just express it or like um dive deep into it or anything like that but the feeling alone is natural and it's what makes us human and i would argue that god has made us sexual beings And that is a part of what comes with being a sexual being. Yeah. And a lot of the times growing up, we were told, um, don't have these feelings, don't have these feelings, don't, ha-. like this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And it makes you wonder, am I, am I like far from God mm-hmm. because I have these feelings? Like, is there something wrong with me because I have these mm-hmm. feelings? But no, it, it shows that you were made the way you were called to be made yeah. and there's nothing wrong with you. I'm reminded of like this funny story of, um, you know, Miles Monroe gave a story of this woman that came to him. And she's like, Pastor, Pastor, um, please pray for my husband. He's he's got a demon. <laughs> and then he's like, Oh, wh- what kind of like what's going on? What what's going? What kind of demon is? this? she's like, He wants to have sex all the time. Mm. And he's like, I, I'm sorry, I can't I can't pray for your husband. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, what's wrong? He's like, I have the same demon. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing, though. It's like, yo, they they got to be demon-possessed. There got to mm. be something wrong with them. Mm. There's, We need to fix them because they want to have sex. Mm. Um, but the reality of the matter is God has designed us to desire to have sex, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think what makes you horny and holy is what you do with your horniness. Yeah. Um you add holiness to it with the way you guide mm-hmm. those desires, not by not having those desires. And there's a difference. Mm-hmm. That kind of wants. To, I want to lead to the next question. What's the What's the difference between desiring sex and just acting upon your desire, or is there a difference altogether?
3: Uh, let me point one, one thing out from uh, horny and holy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he said, "Hold well, on, we're not done with that." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just had a thought. Um, I think a lot of time the reason why we think. The word horny is like bad or ungodly is because we think it's a byproduct of the fall Mm. i think adam in heaven when he saw eve (laughs) he had something for her you know he had a feeling a desire for her
0: (laughs) i took it a different way when you said he had something
3: for her (laughs) no he had a desire for her you know so we tend to think the sex drive is ungodly because of like the fall but we see in heaven god telling them like yo be, be fruitful, fruitful and multiply. Right. How can you do that if there is no desire? Mm-hmm. If there is no sex drive? If yeah. there is no uh, like about the attraction? Garden, of Eden. My bad. garden of Eden. Yeah. yeah. I got confused. I heard yeah. heaven. I was like, yeah. Hey, garden yeah.
4: We, <laughs> we gotta switch the topic, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Garden, <laughs> garden of Eden. All right. Got right, right, you. gotcha, you. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You know. Then
3: like.
2: Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha, you. Gotcha. But yeah, yeah. To and yeah, just piggybacking off what you said and what Yosef said. That's one of the first commands that Adam got. Like think about that. Like one of the first commands he got wasn't go pray and fast. Yeah. One of the first commands wasn't go uh, tithe your money. It was literally go have sex. It was go get it in. <laughs> put it down. You said, put <laughs> it and down. Enjoy it. Put in the work. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about that? You want to let nah, it out? No, I'm just trying to get that part off. He
0: wasn't only to, uh, tend to the Garden of Eden, if you know what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Sam, sorry not to interrupt, but
3: did you have, uh, did you have another thought with that? Like uh, that, that was just said, like, I think we need to fix our understanding of, like, this mm wasn't because of the fall Mm -hmm. this was there in the beginning Mm. um when we understand that i think we'll use it in the right way Mm. that glorifies god Mm. that's good man that's good does anybody want to add to that or any other thoughts
2: to that Um, yeah just
5: like um like when we're talking about this like a lot of people or like church people can be like oh you know you just got to be holy and just like we like to put like bible verses or something like that Mm. but like let's actually talk about like let's just be real, you know what I mean? No, like let's not just put like certain like Bible mm. words that, like you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like let's, let's talk about Yeah the like you <laughs> know let's talk about what actually helps people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah.
4: Like get practical about it and not just yeah, talk not about just scriptures talk. and make it Yeah, make, make it like idiot.
5: oh this you know it's really not that easy. Yeah. It's <laughs> so good.
2: Yeah that's right. Which kinda leads to maybe um the next question, I guess, is why do you think God gave us a sex drive? What's the purpose of sex? Um, I once heard where purpose is mute, uh, uh, missed, abuse is inevitable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so maybe one of the reasons why we're having sex before marriage, one of the reasons why um, people feel shame around having a sex drive is because we simply don't know the purpose yeah. behind the desire, behind sex, and what God, You know, we always talk about, oh, it's in the confines of marriage that we express our sexuality. But even that, why? Why do we have to wait till marriage to express our sexuality if i'm a sexual person why can't i act on my urges now Mm -hmm. and so i know you gave a word on this earlier uh this year in february but yeah let's talk about that let's unpack the purpose so we can get practical and really like help people
4: all right bishop you got a word you got a word (laughs) he had a word burning i can see it
2: I don't want to get
0: too biblical terms, you know yeah. what I'm talking yeah. like, yeah. no, Be, be biblical to be practical. You know what yeah,
3: what
2: I'm <clears throat> don't get lost in the sauce here. I
0: think uh, the reason I think you asked a lot of questions, so like I'm only going to try to address one part, and then we can yeah. give it to them. But um, I think sex, it's defined in the context of marriage because sex is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when you're having sex with someone, you're not thinking right. When you're having sex, you're not making the best decisions um when you're having sex it's like talking about single and, s- and having sex or yes. married and having sex uh single and having oh, okay, sex okay. like i think <coughs> so when you have you sex you're not thinking <laughs> right i was like hold <laughs> on i was, like, on. was worried bro to <laughs> i I, I, just, I just like it's like a fire right where it's like in its proper context it heats up the home it gives light has so many different functions and uses but in its outside of its context it's like a dangerous thing that can burn up your life like you can you know have with the most toxic person but because of the sexual connection and the oneness that you you're making with that person without the covenant and the commitment that comes outside of the marriage you are setting yourself to be bound to a person enslaved to that person um, with no commitment with no mutual values with no christ in the middle and it's so it's like it's scary to me sometimes to think and i think what kept me like being single if i were to be honest wasn't so much like, man, like I God, I really want to honor you and all these things, but l- learning and understanding, like, oh man, like if I were to sleep with this person, not only is my witness like hurt, but I'm bound to this person, like I'm I'm connected to this person, and uh, it's a scary thought, like you know, yeah. like let alone STDs, like pregnancy, all of that, just <laughs> the the emotional.
2: Uh, yeah. You know, can I, can I say something? I was actually having a conversation with somebody yesterday about this and you know she gave such a great response and she was like a lot of the times when we have this conversation about sex for singles it's fear driven Mm -hmm. you don't want to get pregnant do you you don't want to catch std do you but never do we um propose the biblical like the gospel centered reasoning you know what i mean like they didn't know about stds back then yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. what is this itching (laughs) Yo, oh man, why does it burn when I pee? No, I'm just Jesus. <laughs> uh, but um, Holy but, fire. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I let's talk because I I know everybody, not maybe everybody, but most people tuning into this podcast or us even sitting here and having this conversation, we've heard that like, oh, I mean, even you know people that are non-believers say celibacy is a good thing because it helps you think clearly about who you want to be with you know what i mean but like what's the gospel centered response to why celibacy before marriage is not just the right thing not just the holy thing but the thing that's life-giving um and i think sometimes we think like when i think about sex and the parameters around sex i'm thinking god's trying to rob me of my joy i'm thinking god's trying to take from me but really he's trying to add to my life he's trying to protect me Um, And why is that? Like, what is the purpose of sex within a marriage? Like, what, why has God designed sex? Um, Maybe before we get into the purpose, we could be like, we can even be honest and be like, I don't know. Like, I didn't even know that was the thing. Yeah, Parker, you had a thought?
4: Yeah, I was talking to um, a friend about this a couple days ago, and we were talking about, like, the benefit of having um, boundaries in even, like, a dating relationship. And this is somewhat loosely connected. Yeah. Um, But just, like, part of abstinence isn't just, like, a, oh, we shouldn't do this because of X, Y, Z, but it's also a response to who God is. Mm. I think Sam alluded to this a little bit earlier, Um, having an understanding of who God is, why he created things this way, and just like how gracious he is to even like give us these things. I remember you've talked about this before, like we don't have to like taste food the way that we do. Mm. It could just be something we just eat and like get energy from, but we get to like enjoy colors and sound and music and all these things. And I think that part of why it's, um, part of why the correct response is to just abstain it's just like it's a response it's like i love you so much god that like i want to do my best to honor you in this way right and i think that like once you have that understanding like yeah there is an element of like i shouldn't do this yeah. but it also becomes like like i love my mom so much i'm not gonna like steal from my mom mm-hmm. because like that's my mom like i love yeah. her i care about her mm-hmm. um and because of, like out of that love like yeah there are things i wouldn't do but because i love her like that motivates my action to not do something and also right. to do not just the bare minimum, but how can I show my love right. even more right. than just not doing something? Right. Right. You know right. what I mean. So yeah. I think that's that's part of it. It's a response.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Abstinence is worship also. Yeah. yeah. Hey, say that again. Abstinence <laughs> is worship also. Sorry, say that again one time for the camera. <laughs> say it again. It's not just sex. Abstinence is worship, a form of worship as well. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Hey, make that a quote. Put it on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, where you guys coming <laughs> from? Yeah. You already know. Put that on a T-shirt. Abstinence is worship. Hey. Oh, okay. <laughs>
5: And I don't think you get to like fully experience it, if it's outside of marriage. Like, there's fear, there is you know pregnancy, whatever. Like, there's all of that. And so like, how can I, like at least for me, like how can I enjoy it when I'm thinking about that, mm. and not actually enjoying mm. what I'm doing? You know. Mm. So it's like there's that too. It's like, it's like a huge part of it.
0: Like it's it's scary because you're giving the most intimate part of yourself. To someone that isn't giving you all of themselves, right. you know what I mean. Like you're giving, like not not just for women, like for for men as well. Like it's something that's so treasured, like yeah. the this your your sex, your body, your spirit, your mind. Like when we talk about this one flesh, it's not just oh the two body parts joining together. Yeah. I mean sex isn't just sex, like, I, I think our culture, we, used to, we like to, like, just make it, oh, it's just, like, it's purely physical, no, it's not, like, and I think science, psychology, all these people are, like, figuring out for something that b- the body's the, the, the body of Christ, <laughs> I say, the church has been <laughs> saying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because this is the same, like, um, you were saying, alluding to the sermon, the same topic that Paul was talking in Corinth, like, man, I love that, like, the corinthians are considered god's people because they're one of the most messed up churches if you just sexually study their backgrounds broken. sexually yeah. like there were yeah. dudes in the church that at night when their wives weren't doing it for them they would go and sleep with prostitutes and they thought it was completely okay because they had a philosophy in their mind of god is spiritual and i worship him spiritually right. my body is merely physical so i can do whatever with, i want with my body and like this is the mantra of our culture it's right. so my body I can do whatever i want to do with it i'll like I'll, I'll i'll take it upon myself and like they're literally he paul quotes and he says like you know they have the saying like oh food is for the body and the body is for food yeah. and then paul and then they use that to, to also justify and say like man sex is a purely physical pleasure so the body is designed for sex so why shouldn't I give myself to my desires? And Paul says, "No, your body isn't for sex. Your body is not your own. Your body is the Lord's." So your body does not belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. Yeah. And he says he says this at the end. But it's not just that your body belongs to the Lord, but the Lord is also for your body. Because now when you read yeah. like eschatology, I think a lot of times we have this view of like the end times as, "Oh, we're just going to be like" spiritual people floating up in clouds no we have a new body like god god is he didn't just invest into the body when he created adam and that was it in terms of physical uh investments he's like we're gonna get a new body Mm -hmm. and this new body is gonna be full of perfection so god isn't just for the the soul for your spirit god is also for your body for your flourishing and because he designed it he knows the the attachments he knows how the body works he knows how how it 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 breeds into the longevity of your marriage when right. you when you've kept yourself yeah. like it good. it breeds into all of these things and he's yeah. like the body is for the lord but yeah. man god is for your body that's right. a, he's not like like we've been saying he's not depriving you right, he's right. like man like this is what, how you flourish right. planted here yeah. man your marriage your children your families yeah. it
2: all flourishes here right. planted
0: over here i still have redemption for you
2: right. but that is not where you flourish right that's good yeah. That's one of my favorite parts is the Lord is for your body. Because again, this speaks to this idea that God is for you. If he designed it, if he's created you with these desires, don't you think that he has a plan for these desires, right? Like, isn't, don't you think he has a purpose for these desires? We, a um, couple of years ago at Parazine Church, um, we went through a sermon series called Cuffing Season. And at that point in time, we had a lot of singles. God's changing that, people getting cuffed up, getting mm-hmm. married, having babies. <laughs> some, some people, not. I don't know about everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shot at me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, we, we went through the book um, Seven Myths of Singleness by Sam Albury. And in one of the chapters, he breaks down sexuality and sex in a way that I have never heard before. Like, just so profound. And I want to read a quote from that Uh, chapter from that book that talks about some of the purposes of sex drives and how God is for your body. Um, He says this, um, whether we are married or single in this life, sexual desire is our inbuilt homing instinct for the divine, a kind of navigation aid showing us the way home. You can think of it as a, um, as a form of body language. Our bodies talk to us about a greater reality of fulfillment and eternal blessing and urge us to get there Mm -hmm. so what sex does you know speaking to the purpose is it unites the man and the woman and they become one when they become one they reflect god because god three persons distinct three persons is one Mm -hmm. and you know we've talked about this before why when the bible says you know god looked at adam and said it's not good for man to be alone was it because he was lonely? Was it because he, he was insecure? He needed help with the assignment. Was it what, what what are all some of the reasons why like God told him, like, yo, it's not good for man to be alone? And I love the, the 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 theology behind all this. God said, Adam, it's not good for you to be alone because you alone cannot properly and adequately reflect my nature. Yeah. He needed a partner so that we could see god on display in order to understand the way god loves god we needed a spouse mm-hmm. in order to see how god serves god we needed a spouse mm-hmm. and so what brings the two and makes them one it's sex that's what brings them together and sam Albert in the book is talking about this reality that god gives us a sex drive to prepare us it's like this inbuilt navigation system mm-hmm. it's a direction it's pointing us to this reality that one day, because fast forward to the New Testament, Ephesians 5, the Bible teaches us that we are the bride of Christ. The body of Christ Christ is the bride of Christ. And, And one day, the two will become one. God will be with his people, and we will be with him, right? He will wipe every tear away from our eyes, this reality that we will be married. The church is the bride of Christ. And so what our eternal glory is looking like um is or sorry um our sex drive is pointing us to this eternal glory that we will receive. Mm-hmm. And so when we get married and we have sex, one of the things that God is doing is he's preparing us for the ultimate wedding, mm-hmm. which is like the bride of Christ becoming one with Christ. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it that way, for me it did a couple of things. One, it freed me from the shame that comes with having a sex drive. Because now I look at it as a, again, inbuilt navigation system. When you feel horny, it's like, oh, my body's telling me I want to be one with someone. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The church is going to be one with Christ one day. And so now, instead of having shame around my sex drive, I can anticipate a greater wedding than one that we experience here on this side of eternity. And so i I mean that's I mean we can break down all the different purposes of having sex drive, but for me, that has been instrumental mm. in how I process sex drive because i'm no I'm not just anticipating a wife, my body's telling me I'm anticipating Christ, yeah. and that's the greater reality that we get to live in
5: also it's yeah. telling me that you're healthy <laughs> so yeah. like know if you don't have that you have to go seek medical yeah. attention so <laughs> you're, healthy. So you're healthy everything's
3: working fine
5: <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs>
3: that's
2: real so uh. have you had a thought on that or um uh, yeah. about
1: the purpose of uh, sex and marriage actually i'm good on that department <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay. um, speak speak so <laughs> just <the opposite>. <laughs> <more>. <laughs> um so sex in outside the parameters of marriage is dangerous but sex in marriage is so beautiful. Yeah. And this is something I'm learning about and something we talked about in at Parazim's panel discussion. Yeah. Um, sex is so sacred. Um, and it's, for me, I've been learning. It's something, it's a, a, type, a type of worship I can only participate in, only with Yosef, you know? Mm-hmm. I, it's not something I can do by myself. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a different type of worship. Mm-hmm. It's something designed just for me and Yosef mm-hmm. only yeah. and, and my marriage. Yeah. And it's, it's so, um, it's beautiful because um, it's not just physical, it's spiritual, it's psychological. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, and it's it, at times when we're, it's, it's for intimacy, of course, it's for oneness. And it's something, um, eventually, something that produces life, yeah. like a, a whole human being. Yeah. Um, a, a human being that has, maybe some parts of me, some parts of him, a human being that glorifies God, mm. uh, an, an image of God. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, I've seen w- what it does for me, um as you know in the marriage how i'm so vulnerable you know yeah. uh the intimacy and the yeah. bond that it's it real. gives us
5: yeah.
1: i'm so vulnerable uh open to to, to show my emotions to s- my sensitivity i open up i'm just so so close to him you know yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: <Come on. laughs> not getting too graphic that's it that's it yeah. <laughs> can you i know, ask
1: uh, yes please okay just to Go kind ahead. of piggy, you're right <laughs> what she was saying you know
0: one thing that like uh from, th- from the context of marriage that i learned about sex practically speaking so when we talk about horniness like i think a lot of times it's self-gratification oh, right like yeah, yep. you're about my desires my fulfillment me being like my needs being met and when when you get into marriage like you realize like yo, sex isn't even about you mm-hmm. right like when you understand sex as a means of service yeah, and giving like Service to the other person that like I don't go into this like all right I mean how messed up would it be like all, all right my needs are met like do whatever you want to do it's like that's a messed up yeah, like yeah. sex life but when you so go in gotta there, talk
2: about that too because <laughs> a lot of women's needs aren't being met so yes. like, here uh, yes. another podcast your needs being met blink let me know no <laughs>
0: I, I mean but yeah like seriously though like you yeah. know like that was a huge revelation for me like it's like oh yeah. wow like it isn't about me mm, like I'm, yeah. I'm going into the bedroom i'm going into yeah. the it's it's just like as an extension of worship when you worship is so much more glorifying to god when you remove yourself from the picture right yeah. but if you're like ah oh, i feel you lord i love the goosebumps This feels amazing like your worship it stays onto a sunday service mm. but when you understand worship is an extension of my work my life like you know everything that i do then thing. yo it transitions and affects every area of your life yeah. so that's so in marriage when you like understand sex is not me meeting my own gratification but gratifying the needs of another yeah. it's so much you know what i mean the bible verse like it's better to give than receive right, right? right, as, right. that works perfectly in, in the in the marriage context as well yeah.
2: you know it's crazy just real quick i know Sam Reed had thought will get to you in a second but as i'm hearing you guys talk about sex it, it just i've heard somebody once say this when you're single, what the enemy tries to do is get you to have sex. Mm-hmm. And then when you're married, he gets you not to try uh, the temptation is to make you not have sex. Oh, yeah. And that's like it's so crazy like with us we're like, "Oh, I can't I can't wait. I can't wait." And the enemy pries on that and he manipulates that and he goes to town with that. But then, you know, from conversations I've had with married people, the very same act sex the devil used to split people apart, mm-hmm. to create a chasm, to create um, problems, and and now he's using sex not to distract you um, from celibacy, but he's distracting you from s- intimacy. Inti- yeah. mm. mm. There right. it is. I was like, I had to That's jump different. on that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> you <have> more experienced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were
0: playing basketball this morning, and none of us can dunk, but there were alley-oops.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Samra, you had a thought, though? Yeah, and well, um, yeah, I have a question. So,
5: yeah. like,
1: something you said,
5: you were, like, not by myself, mm. and that made me think of how does, like, masturbation fit into this? Mm. Like, is it a sin in marriage? Mm-hmm. Or... I, mean, yeah, I don't, don't a even know topic.
4: Thanks for <laughs> watching this episode of Shaper <laughs> 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 yeah,
2: I know Judith Smith had his response to this, and Ruslan killed him. As he often does. Yeah, do you guys have a thought on that? <laughs> I'm, not,
3: I'm,
2: not so <laughs> I'm not married, so I can't speak to this. I'm
3: not married, so I can't answer. Is so, so, <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
4: my
0: goodness. Uh, <laughs>
4: is this too real for
2: you? <laughs> well, it does, it does speak to, like, you know, what does it look like to be horny and holy yeah. in the context of marriage.
0: I, I think, like, just like the way that we defined horniness in the beginning, yeah, it's yeah. controlling your thoughts. Yeah, uh, I think in, you know, the marriage's bed is undefiled, right? And so, like, if your thoughts are of your wife, um, but again, I think a lot of masturbation it, it can go both ways. I'm, I'm kind of torn because it can be towards just self-gratification and it defeats the whole purpose of the marriage and the sex because you're not being one with that person. Yeah. but at the same time, I think <clears throat> in certain scenarios and situations like I, I, I can see like where oh if you're traveling a lot, you, you're not seeing each other that often and you're like, man, like I, I want to gratify like you know myself with for my wife. But I, I think it gets into, are you idolizing her then? And you're, like, making her out to be an object rather than a person. Mm-hmm. It, it's a difficult conversation.
2: It is tough because sex isn't just a physical act. Yeah. We yeah, talked yeah. about. Exactly. And so, yeah, what is it? How does the spirituality come into play? How does the emotion, the soul, yeah. you know, marriage and sex is the mingling of souls, mm-hmm. right? It's the two becoming one. Yeah. And yeah. when you're doing it by yourself, how can the two become one? Exactly. You
0: know I mean? Yeah. yeah. Paul, Paul talked about, like, right after, like, the Corinthians passage where he was talking about, like, the the husband's body doesn't belong to himself it belongs to his wife and the wife's body doesn't belong to herself it belongs to her husband and so in situations where you're masturbating you're like taking your body back for yourself instead of as an act of service for your wife um and so i i think you know it's hard to just draw like a black line and say like no it's a sin or not (coughs) and i think in in areas of sex within the marriage i think there's a lot of nuance there's a lot of gray areas and i think there's a lot of wisdom that needs to go into this like um, yeah. like yeah. people who, you know, the wife isn't able to have sex for an extended period of time, like, yeah. or they're they're separated for many years. I, I don't know. Like, it's it's a difficult
2: well, yeah. like nuance. Yeah. nuance. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, here at shaping the culture, what we're going to do is engage in the nuance, you know, because <laughs> there is no easy answer. But I think this speaks to even a greater conversation. And I want to hear from the singles before hopping into the married folks. I don't know about you guys, but in the church, it almost seems like self-control is only for the single person when it comes to expressing your sexuality. But so, like self-control is also a necessity within marriage. And I didn't realize that till I got some married friends around me. Because you think as a single person, oh, I'm single, I just gotta hold out till I'm married. And if I can have self-control until the I do's, then it's free game. And whenever, however, all of that good stuff. And then you start realizing, yeah, to Yosa's point, oh, traveling, uh, sickness, illness, pregnancy, um, there's a lot of different things that play into life and you can't always have sex, so self-control. But yeah, speak to that. Have you guys, as single people, as us, as single people, have you guys ever felt like, oh man, I just gotta hold off till marriage? Or what does your pursuit of self-control look like um, as you wait to get married?
3: Uh, well, for <laughs> It's, it's not easy because as a single person, you do want to get married, you do want to have sex, but at the same time, in your singleness, you have to also realize, yo, how can I maximize my singleness for the glory of God? Um, when you idolize, you know, um, sex or, you know, the the your your satisfaction being met in that way, um, I don't know, for me, I, I just, like, the book we read, like the purpose of singleness, he said something about um, that. A lot of us we idolize marriage and we despise singleness mm-hmm. because we don't see the reality what goes into marriage. Mm. Um, and in marriage, like there are certain things like he says, like he can't just do whatever he wants and yeah. she can't do whatever she wants right. oh, worldly problems, bro. Uh, right? <laughs> like in the same way, like in my singleness, I have to help myself get there. You know, when I get married, it's not about me. Right? Um, it's not about what i have to say always right. just having the understanding now so i can prepare myself best for right. my wife right. when i get there right. it's not easy because you want to have sex, you want to enjoy these things yeah. but like what helps me like stay self-disciplined and control my sex drive is like ultimately when i get there i'll do it the yeah. best of my abilities
4: yeah. Yeah. and i think like that transfers over because i think like when, from conversations I've had with married folks, like just because you then get married doesn't yeah. mean it's like all the time. For so real. I think if you're practicing uh, self-control, serving somebody else, all right, I, I want to do this, but God help, help me to submit in this way. I think that when you get in marriage and your wife's like, nah, not tonight, yeah. I'm going through this. My parents are going through such and such, and there's a six, six, seven week period where yeah. like, there's nothing going on. Yeah. But you've already built up that practice. Like y- y'all got something to say? <laughs> um, Like the question was
0: towards singles, but they're talking a lot about marriage. over there. I mean, I.
4: Listen, listen. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think that like the two go hand in hand. Yeah, so I think yeah, like sure. what you, what we practice like in our singleness, like yeah. that plays a large role into like when we get into a relationship to marriage. Yeah. Because if like if I'm just so used to just feeling my own desires, yeah. and that gets met with somebody else, like be a lot of friction if i'm if i'm just used to like i'm doing me i don't care what anybody else says yeah. i'm yeah. thinking about myself whatever yeah. whatever yeah. i know that for myself like i can be a, sh- a selfish person yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. Mm. so then like when somebody else presents their desires and they're like what about me yeah it, it can sometimes take a minute because if i'm used to like what about you yeah you know <laughs> <me>? like, <laughs> that becomes a problem like yeah. that becomes a point of attention. i think
3: that's what like really helped me the book actually really shaped how i viewed sex yeah. and singleness like 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 how we could we should stay away from it like mm. Abstinence, but what sex looks like in marriage, so that gave me a reality of like what to expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I can prepare myself best now, mm-hmm. and that really changed my life. Like before, then I was like, "Yo, when I get married, it's on. Right. We we get on every day, all day, twenty <laughs> whenever, day whenever, <laughs> all day, every day. Whenever, whatever, whatever." <laughs> like you know, like yo, because like culture tells you, yo, you can have sex however you want, whenever you want, yeah. like. A phone call away yeah, you know a text away you know an like, away. A, swipe away. A, a, a swipe away you know right. yeah. um so like for me it's just like understanding yo it's not always about me mm. and i had had made it like that for longest until i read that book mm. i was like yo marriage is not about me it's about us it's about serving one another yep. and reflecting christ Yeah. so that has really shaped my understanding of what sex looks like yeah. and in marriage yeah, go
4: ahead, uh, go ahead th- Bishop. I'm going to shift real quick and then we can bring it back. I think in addition to that, like seeing the weight that like the Bible puts on marriage, yeah. that like uh, married folks put on marriage. So like mm. uh, <laughs> I use this example a lot, but like uh, Yoni and Liz, like so I would go to our small group at their house. Yeah. Like it's one thing to like see the, the cute pictures and the, the announcements for like the pregnancies and stuff. It's another <laughs> thing when I go over there when like he has work that he has to get done, Liz is upset. One of the kids is sick, there's dishes in the sink, another baby gotta get changed, another one, it's just like there's a lot going on and all those things are cool, yeah. but like that's not the stuff that we see on social media. Um, and people when, pre- even <laughs> when they present it, it's like it's not always cute. It's like, no, it's deeper than that. It's like, yo, like it's ugly. You know, for real, ugly. Like, yeah. and it was like it was to the point where it was like, I wasn't Scared to get married, but it was like it it gave such a it was such a sobering perspective to know like, yo, this is like a real commitment, because if you're really about it on days like that, that's where he's like, I'm I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not ending this. I'm here like until tomorrow when it's a good day or if it's not a good day, if it's if it's like this the rest of our lives, I'm committed to this. And, like, having that perspective, I was like, yeah, that's kind of a lot. You know what I'm saying? Not to, again, like, not that I'm uh, afraid of it, but I think, like, having that understanding of it um, in addition to sex and knowing that, like, yo, it's not just about the sex. It's about, like, when you have the sex, when she gets pregnant, when the baby's here, and then how it's... uh, yeah, just the just
0: understanding like there's work on both sides. Yeah, like, right. you know, you know it's not it's not greener on the other side. It's nah. greener where you water it, you know? Yeah, so are you watering your singleness or are you watering the the marriage? Like mm. that's where you enjoy it. Yeah.
4: Hey. literally like each aspect has its own difficulty. And yeah. I think a conversation we've had too is like is it harder to be single or to be married? That conversation. Yeah, we the had a whole day. Like yeah. any type of way. Yeah. But I think the reality of it is that like there's challenges on both sides. So yeah, yeah, like you sure. can not you can't just travel because you have somebody you have to check in with. You're married, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah I, I can just kind of, kind of pick up and leave. But, like, when it's, when it's cold and rainy outside, I might not have somebody I can, like, go home to. I'm by myself. So My war, warm me up right that. now. <laughs> Lonely. Yeah. I'm
0: trying to be the little spoon. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, shout out to the little spoons. Um, but, yeah, so
4: I, th- I think, like, the reality of it is, like, is one harder than another? Sure. But it might depend on the relationship, different aspects, whatever. But, like, both sides of it have, like, their own challenges that are really challenging for that person in the season that they're in.
0: Parker, bro, whoever you end up with, they're about to be a tablespoon. Forget a little spoon, it's a bro. spoon. Te- Te- that, Teaspoon. That was bro. good. That
4: was good. No, hey,
2: but right. can we speak to like I don't know how like deep y'all want to get. I'm gonna I'm asking this question in light of some of the intimate conversations we have. Uh-oh. So if y'all don't want to go there, you can just edit this out. But you talking about how marriages work. Nobody yeah. talks about how sex that serves both parties is work. And I feel like if you're going into sex only thinking about your own desires, of course you go in, do what you want to do, get out, you have a good time. Get in, get but out. It, yeah, but again, if you're trying to reflect this heart of serving our spouse, mm. nobody talks about what it looks like to serve your spouse in sex. Mm. That that and it takes work to serve yeah. your sp- yeah. in sex, right? Yeah. Yeah. But when you think about sex, you don't think work. Maybe positions and and stuff like that, but like nobody actually thinks about. What does she want? What you're, does he yeah? Want? Even
0: you're thinking about positions you like. You I know, mean, you're not even mm. thinking about what positions does she like. Yeah. Or That's yeah,
2: uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know how deep y'all want to get. But <laughs> <laughs> Let's, uh, no, I'm Can you speak to you that? You try to, to get, get I, monetized, know, right? <laughs> but yeah, sex is work. Yeah, not just marriage.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, just from the guy's perspective, like one thing that you don't really think about is foreplay. Like I, I don't think foreplay is as big. I mean, like you enjoy it, but. Um, how much it matters more to the woman, warming her up. And it yo, and a lot of like married sex, like it starts off like earlier in the day, like how you s- mm. speak to her.
3: Huh? Mm-hmm. Like text. You know, you're you're
0: you're putting it in an oven, you're warming it up. You know what I mean? Like uh it's it's a whole day process in terms of like um <clears throat> just preparation. And then even just like while you're in the act of it as well, it's um things like that. You would rather just get straight to it um and you know have your own satisfaction out of it but knowing okay Mm -hmm. sometimes like sex is work because there's parts of it that i'm doing for her that i might not be fully invested into Mm -hmm. but i enjoy because she's enjoying it you know what i mean so it's like this place of like i'm working but like this this if i was just being selfish this is not what i would be doing right now like i wouldn't be lighting candles and <laughs> you know <laughs> getting the room ready I got you know. to yeah. get the candles <laughs> the music I, i'm the trying game. to go to bed Put you game like, quick. come on yeah um but it, it's it's yeah i i think um you when when you when Sam was talking like the thought that i had was i'm glad that god calls this gift self control mm. and not just self denial mm. um i think When you define it as self-control, you're controlling it towards healthier avenues of service rather than just suppressing something and denying its existence. Mm -hmm. And so as a single, as a married person, um, controlling isn't just merely, oh, no, 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 don't think about that, push that down, suppress it, deny it, like, you know, don't live authentically. It's, man, spend, like, or gear this towards and guide it towards something of healthy. So it's like as you're single, like you have all this time, all these advantages use that self-control instead of constantly dwelling in like the weight and like the desire and the lust and the the flesh like use the the opportunities of singleness just to serve the lord like yes. work out start a business get financially ready like you know like invest in yourself so that you are the person that you want to end up with in the, in the future you know what i mean like characters and values that you can invest towards that man like once you get married you're not just hoping man my wife's gonna be a prize but you know that you're a prize right. like, you're, you're, right. you're you're putting something into it and then if we want to transition into like marriage
2: and how self-control is like, before you get on yeah, that, hold sure, that thought. Sure. I, Cause like, I think you just brought up something essential as we're talking about sex being work and it's a service, you know, one of the ways in which you can prepare yourself for sex. I think our culture has a fascination with position mm-hmm. positions and you know, size and all of that thing. We'll, we'll just be real. I think what we need to prepare ourselves is like, how well do you serve your neighbor? Mm-hmm. How well do you serve your church? Like, if you want a great sex life, you got to look at the way you serve those around you because it's a muscle that you're practicing, right? It's it's a heart posture. Before it's a playlist, it's a heart posture. Before you light a candle, it's a heart posture, right? Before you, like, the text, the game is on point, it's a heart posture to even get you to that. And I feel like we don't talk about that enough. Like, if we're going to go into sex um, with this heart posture of how can I serve this person, then what other areas in your life do you serve others right like how could you s- serve your spouse all the days of your life if you don't even know how to serve people you see once a week you know one thing you see you know biblically mean? is like a
0: good measure of like the quality of a husband or a wife is you pay attention to how well do they serve people like, I think why Rebecca is so prized in the in the Bible of, like, this example of a godly woman is, like, how she was serving Abraham's servant mm, before she was yeah. even offered as a wife. Like, the, this virtue of, this is who she is without you, Isaac. Okay, right. This is, the ver- like, the value that she brings in. And so, <laughs> even as single people dating and desiring a spouse, like, yo, if you want to know what your sex life is going to look like, yeah. it's not a, oh, man, I got to taste the ice cream before i buy the cow right. you know like this mentality of <laughs> like sorry like hold like, up wait a minute <laughs> you know, you know like people in our culture they're yeah. like oh like man to i gotta know the sex color. is gonna be good I, I gotta test this out like but it's like no sex just gets better with time and practice like regardless of who you're with like the more that you do something the more practice you put into it it gets better there's hope right like but um there's hope
3: <laughs> this whole, yeah
0: like i think i as, as like we're like oh man i don't i'm, I'm a virgin like I, i'm gonna mess up the first night like you will and it's okay you know like your honeymoon doesn't have to be like uh, a porno or like this like huge like thing of you know you know what i mean like it's yeah. it's something that you grow into that you enjoy that you get better at um but i think one way that you can tell like what they're going to bring into the bedroom is the character that they bring into the bedroom mm. as well mm. you study that and like oh they're really good at serving people that, that means they're going to be good at serving me, yeah. like, you know, and there's so much more to just the um, the, s- the physical sexual aspect. Samarie's got a thought.
5: <laughs> <coughs> and, like, I have to, to think so. Okay. <laughs> um, and to add to that, like, you're learning some how, like, however you're pleasing her, like, it wasn't the same that you please other women in mm-hmm. your life, you know? Like, you had to learn her and how she yeah. feels, mm-hmm. you know, how she feels good, or whatever. Yeah. So, like, it takes a lot of work to like you, ha- you have to know your neighbor to love them yeah yeah. And yeah, so. yeah good job you said you <laughs> said yeah too like i i think it's more for you um like in the church or i think a lot of women are just i'll just speak for myself um there's a lot of guilt you know with having sexual thoughts or even mm. just surrounding that so like once you're married it doesn't just automatically go away no. so like how do you did you struggle with that? Like if you ever had any guilt or whatever surrounding that? Okay, so um, is it the shame, shame feeling guilt, shame right. for having a,
1: a sexual appetite like prior when, to when marriage? Sing-
5: like yeah, when you were single, yeah. and then um, how was it in the context of like marriage? Like you're, like, not like right now, I mean yeah. like at the beginning.
1: <coughs> okay, yeah, that's a good question actually. It's something I actually forgot to bring up with, with the first question, Honey and Holly, um, how we answer that as a woman and the background w- that we come from. Uh, the background I come from is Ethiopian. Uh, very conservative culture. It's very shameful to even have a, des- a sexual desire. This whole I'll podcast is shameful. <laughs> 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 it's a whole sin. About to get canceled. Yes, I'm hoping certain people in my life do not see this podcast. He cool. He cool. Actually. <laughs> oh yeah. He uh, talks, okay. um, but yeah, I com- my, my, the group of friends I had, uh, the friend group I had, we were very. We talked about sex. Nice we had we had those desires and we were the um, the group of girls that had it probably a little more than the other friends (laughs) we talked about it you know um and i definitely felt shame um and guilt for having that growing up in the church because it wasn't something that was addressed or we even learned about you know um it was very shameful not just the culture but the conversation in the church it's not brought up at all Uh, but the the friends i had outside church we definitely had those conversations there were some friends that had, you know, the experiences, mm-hmm. uh, but we just we, we drooled hearing about those those <laughs> conversations. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I had to learn. I had to learn that it was okay, uh, and it, I think it was um, uh, getting close to being married to Yosef and the premarital counseling that we were having. The books that we were reading reading that helped, mm-hmm. but in my sing- in the um, you know in the time in my time of singleness. It wasn't something that I I found help for to be honest, and I definitely felt sh- felt shame for it. But it's not something I feel uh, right now at all. It's something I, I, I think it's very appreciated in my marriage. Uh, I'm not always like that at all. There's moments and there's seasons, uh, but it's um, yeah, it's something I'm I'm thankful for. I don't know. Does that answer the question?
2: though? <laughs> She's flustered over here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, but I actually wanted to. Um, this
0: <laughs> up, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I just to, from the guy's perspective, um yeah, um, I think, I always thought like you know, I remember even like we would debate this like, man, once I get married, I'm not gonna have any more problems with lust yeah. and attraction, um, man, like why, because I have a healthy avenue, like my w- I can always like you know have it for my wife, so this appetite is being satisfied. So why would I ever struggle with this? Like, you know, like yeah. marriage is the end all for lust and sexual yeah. temptation. But yeah. I think in one aspect, it can be a little bit more difficult because when you're single, like you're allowed to look, you're allowed to like, mm. you know, to entertain certain thoughts with with some parameters, mm. obviously. But you're allowed to like, you know, like you meet a girl and you're thinking, oh, what would it look like with the relationship with her? You right. know, you, you have these like fantasies, you play certain thoughts out. And it's perfectly okay, like you're pursuing yes. this woman, you're interested, but when you're married like um a lot of the that, that door that door is closed, you yeah. know, and so self control looks more like those thoughts come up, I gotta like quench that real quick right uh right. I'm scrolling, I see something I gotta kill that real quick like yeah. and so I think self control looks different like you still need it if not more, yeah. because now you're like you're you're you're, you're they're not options like you can't entertain those options yeah. because you're you have to be faithful not just with your heart but with your eyes not just with your body but with your mind and so um self-control in the context of marriages you know like if you if you didn't have self-control when you were single mm. like it's going to be so difficult to have self-control in the marriage because it, it just gets harder yeah. like yeah, and i <laughs> yeah
2: i i've got it i've got a story about that i actually um i had a friend whose brother got a divorce because he um Cheated on his wife, and you know when he cheated on his wife, um, he moved in with my friend because his wife, ex-wife, kicked him out. Of course, she would do that. And they went grocery shopping one day, and my friend told his older brother, "Like, oh look, she's cute over there. Look at this, you know." And he and his brother just spazzed on him. He's like, "Don't do that. Don't you know that's what cost me my marriage? Yeah. Just a little look here." A little look there. It was innocent at first, but all these little looks add up, and eventually you find yourself in a bed with another woman. Mm. But like to your point, like I even I I have married friends who've literally deleted Instagram because they're like I don't even want to flirt with this temptation. You know what I mean? But yeah, like it's it just because as single people, it's innocent for us. Yeah. It's it's a she's an option, yeah. he's an option. Yeah. Oh, like maybe this will turn into something, and we under that guise we we pursue whatever. And so. I think it's important to be mindful of the small things because you never know. Everything big started small. Nothing starts off big. And so if we're not being intentional, even for us as single people, um, I think we could take too much liberty in the name of singleness, in the name of like looking for a potential mate or what have you or spouse. But yeah, that's even being mindful of like what it is that we're actually seeking out so that we don't set ourselves up for failure once we do get married.
0: And I think just even the danger of Always having options I, I think that's one of like the reasons why like so many people are struggling to even just settle down because availability and options and the entertainment of also like I think this this generation like we're going through something so much more difficult because back then you met and married people that you grew up within miles of you know, and now you have options internationally you can fly people out, you can fly there like your scope is like now millions of people that you can filter through and so I I think it's just so much harder if you're even in your singleness like constantly like okay this person has this but then like but this person has and then like you're you're you know how like when you have so many options you get confused I I think generationally like we're like confused you know because we have too many options and we don't know we don't know (laughs) (laughs) we don't know the art of what it looks like to make the best out of situations like Mm. i think we're so much
3: trying to find the best instead Mm. of cultivating the best Mm. Um, you know there was this analogy that i heard um there was uh, a kid and uh, Mm -hmm. his parents took him to like a candy shop and his dad told him hey you can have one candy but the kid had so many options. He was looking at, like, M&M. Um, he was so many candy that he was like, I can't pick one. And sometimes with singleness, that's how we are. We have so many options that we can't even decide as, on one. As a result, we stay single. Um, but that, uh, just to pick back off. Yeah, I almost forgot how to say <laughs> pick it back off, bro. Even,
4: even to that point, I think it's not even. it's not always like, um, the physical options we have available to us—it's the idea of oh, there could be something better. Mm-hmm. So I think that like when you when you see something wrong, so I, I know for myself like there might have been a time where I was I was talking to to a young lady, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. then a conversation mm-hmm. might take a turn. Like, Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, just things might not go as well as they were at the beginning. And I'm like oh, there could be something better, yes. and it's that like, uh, there might just be something else, so should I just, should I put in the work, or should I just call it, because there's probably somebody better out there who could do such and such, you know what <laughs> I'm saying? And we
0: use Christian lingo in the Christian culture, oh it's like, gosh, oh, God has, God has got something else for, for me, you know? Listen,
4: and, and, like, <laughs> I think, like, it can, it can become toxic when you say, like, oh, what's God's will, because I think, like, mm. th- this is a longer conversation, but I think there's, like... So this is how I think of it, right? And if I'm wrong, please rebuke me. You can send an email to Shaping the Culture at you. Um, <laughs> Ebenezer Inderis yeah, at yeah, gmail.com. Yeah, 651. <laughs> um, hey, <but> relax. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I think that, like, so how I see it is that, like, there's being in God's will, right? Like, submitting to him consistently. Mm-hmm. I also think that there's also a grace in that where I go, God is also with me. Mm-hmm. Because I think that there's a grace where if I'm just completely wrong... If I'm open to it, I can be corrected. Yeah. But also like, I like just God's kind of got us wherever we go. So it's 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 a matter of like being God's will, but also just making a decision. Yeah. So I think like when we say like, oh, is this God's will or is it not? Yes, that's a good question to have, but also like, yo, just make the decision. Yeah. So if it's if something isn't working out in a relationship and you're saying, Oh, is this God's will? Yeah, that's a possibility. Or you could just have to like put in some more work and learn it, how to funny, be more patient. It's funny because
0: we don't even like include God's will in any other decision. But you, you know, know what, what I mean? Like, it's like we have people out here talking about, oh, what's God's will in terms of like their relationships. But like, mm-hmm. where, where are you seeking God's will in your day to day life? Like, <laughs> where, where, were you asking God for your His will when you were trying to eat? Like, when you were mm-hmm. asking, you were going shopping, what you were gonna do
2: for the day? Like, let's let's, let's be consistent. You yeah, know, yeah, Major, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah.
5: Same Why? Like, there's such a huge like. Choosing your spouse is such a big decision. Mm. That's why there's like, you know, we can't just make you can't just marry anybody, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. but so kind of like with uh, what uh, Ebenezer was saying was, you know, it starts off in the small things, right? right. Like, so um, one analogy that I always love when you when you've used was the story of uh, Saul. Um, Saul was obeying his parents and oh, go find a lost donkey, right? And it's like okay, he was uh, obeying the revealed will of God, where honor your father and mother. And then as he was obeying the revealed will of God in in that day-to-day, he was led to the sovereign will of God where he's looking for donkeys and he runs into Samuel and he gets anointed king. You know what I mean? And so what what I mean by, like, yo, uh, follow, like, be consistent in that. You're seeking God's will in your day-to-day life, Mm -hmm. and that will lead you to the spouse, the job, the career, the purpose, all these big decisions. Like, no, God is, he cares more about the details because if he doesn't have your character, like, if what if god did give you the spouse of your dreams yep. if you don't have the character to keep them yep. yo it's, it's 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 like almost unhealthy for you it, it would be a curse so the very thing that god is intending to bless you with you don't have the character for it yep. turns into a curse mm-hmm. you know what I mean? and so that's yeah. why it's so important in your singleness to have that character of like seeking god's will so that when you go into the right. relationship and the marriage like you know how to handle what god's will looks like yeah. because you've been doing it every day
2: if you're able to do that with your sex drive in singleness you could yep. do that in your sex drive in marriage yeah. because just because you're married don't mean that you're not tempted by so-and-so or mm-hmm. you know it's just but yo starting in my singleness i was honoring god with my heart i was perfecting my character i was learning to trust in god i was learning to keep my eyes fixed on the things that are from above and i had positioned myself to um, not only set myself up to marry someone but I set myself up to keep someone. because yeah. I was married. Yeah, and I think of, that's the that's fight
0: of your life, right? Like to stay married. Like it's mm. a whole because like it's not just oh I got them now I'm yeah. done working. Yeah. It's keep them how you got them. Yeah. So It's like mm. that's another fight. That's another work. That's a, another day of laboring. And so yeah. if you're not used to that like mindset, mm. uh, you're not gonna put in the work that's necessary. Yeah,
4: yeah, Parker, you had a thought. Yeah, um, so to touch on what Samri said, I know we're wrapping up too, and this might bring it back around full circle. Um you said like marriage is such a big decision I think that it is I do think sometimes in Christian culture we make that the decision right. and yeah. I think that like we make like um, like oh I'm horny so if I just say pure until marriage if I can just get married then that's it it's like Marity culture that ruined you know what us what I'm too saying? so yeah. I think like you know that's that's not the goal like the goal is to pursue like the Lord with everything you have and yeah. if you happen to meet somebody that can keep up with your pace along the way like praise God yeah. um, but I think like to what you were saying earlier like the sexual desires that we have that's not just oh that means i got to get married like we all have that you know what i'm saying but it's to remind us that like hey we have a higher calling and we're called as believers to be united with someone like who's that much greater right yeah that's a word
2: yep y'all are dropping johns all (laughs) over the place you i want to before we wrap up and really like i i feel bad we were even closing on this note because everybody here says something that we could have just spent the whole time talking about and unpacking. (laughs) Um, But because we don't have time for that, we didn't get into that. But I just wanted to give an opportunity for everybody to say their last piece, something that maybe they wanted to clarify, maybe dive deeper into. Uh, Maybe it's a new thought that you want to leave us with to be encouraged or challenged, inspired, whatever it is. But yeah, whatever thoughts that you guys have as it pertains to uh, horniness and holiness.
0: I mean, I would just kind of recommend one book that really has like helped me a lot in understanding marriage. Is the Meaning of Marriage uh, by Tim Keller, um, and one thing that he said that was like so profound. Like we've talked about like a lot of lofty concepts in terms of like spirituality, like you know, marriage, and all these different things. But I think the way he starts off the book is even just practical because a lot of times like we have a view of marriage like oh it's fifty fifty, like you know, and a lot of times like, even within the church we get, we get criticized like yo like even in the church like. The odds of a marriage working out is 50 50 and he breaks that myth and and he's like he actually breaks down the statistics like the reason why the church is uh, divorcing at the same rate as the world is because the church is living like the world we just call ourselves christian but he's like you know he, he broke it down he's like if a couple waits to have sex before marriage their odds of uh staying married and having healthy marriage goes up to like 80, 85%. If a couple is not living together before they decide to
2: get married, yeah. their
0: odds go up. Like, there's just so much... Like, they get
2: married after college, and if they stay married for five years longer, then they... F- you know, because sometimes you get married, you're like, I'm unhappy. Yeah. He said if you waited out for five years... You're the most happiest you'll ever yeah. be. Yeah. So, like, even the 50/50, like, when you really break it down, it really isn't. If 50/50. they're actually
0: following what the Bible is right. talking right. about, not just just getting married, but it's the all the elements that go into marriage, like your odds of success, like it goes up to like 80, 85 percent, right, in the book. And so it's just like you know, um, and that's empirical evidence. Yeah, yeah like that's, that's statistics. Not, yeah. um, that like, but like, because people in the church are living together, they are sleeping before they get married, like they're causing detriment upon themselves but then they're blaming god for why the marriage didn't work out and so yeah. um yeah yeah there's so much to add but i think that was a big part like wisdom is proved right by the results mm-hmm. by, by the her actions children, yeah. by her children <laughs> <laughs> which and is the result yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and i think wisdom is all right like why do i have to learn from my own mistakes like you know the the point of the bible is it, not just these stories like when, the story of david scares me the story of uh samson scares me like all these different examples and even just people that you see within our context within our culture like why would i end up where they are like um and so we have to live differently and so the bible is offering a different solution and as young people we rise up to the challenge instead of saying like no i want to learn by my own results like that's foolishness and so um man like the lord's way is the proven way and let's try to follow that and live up to that standard instead of trying to define a standard for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's good,
2: Sally. You want to follow up to that?
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, what What I want to say, very short, actually. Um, it's okay to be horny. It's okay to have <laughs> a tough. sexual appetite. Yeah. It's healthy. Um, and instead of suppressing it, um, uh, um, take it to take it to God. Really, take it to God. Take it to your mentors. Let that start a conversation in um, how how to practice it and how that can be turned into worship, uh, whether it's in abstinence or in marriage. Knowing in what pera- parameters you're able to exercise it, um, it shouldn't be suppressed. The culture I come from, the background I come from, um, in how I was as a single person, I didn't really have the lo- a lot of resources or people that can guide me in how to e- like understand myself even. So uh, suppressing it does not help at all. Uh, bring it out there. Take it to your mentors and friends to talk about it. That's
2: good.
5: I have two things to say. like this topic can be like really sensitive to a lot of people. Yeah. and there's you know sexual abuse and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so like um, find your area where you need to heal this uh, this conversation surrounding sex, what it looks like, um, what does a healthy you know sex look like in marriage and things like that. Um, I do have a book recommendation. Uh, it's called Rethinking Sexuality god's design and why it matters um it's it's a really good book um there's a lot of like personal experiences in that book um so yeah i would say like heal first Mm. because you can't really take that into i mean you can take it into marriage and process it together but i think it would be helpful to like figure that out in your singleness and just um
3: My message would be, be encouraged, family. <laughs> be encouraged that, you know, having a sex drive is not a sin. Um, be encouraged that um, when you apply it in the right way, um, it's a beautiful gift God has given us, and it's an opportunity for us to see God more glorious when we use it the right way. Uh, a suggestion I have for single people is read the seven myth of singleness. Uh, that has really encouraged me. That has really um, Gave me new perspective on what singleness looked like mm. and what to expect in marriage mm. because for the longest i had the highlight of marriage but not the reality of marriage yeah. so i was going into this mindset that when i get into marriage this is what i will ex- like like w- what it would look like yeah. but the reality is like like y'all said it's work it's like man i'm i'm i'm, I'm like serving i'm i'm laying my life down That's what I'm signing up to do, you know, (laughs) and your singleness, you know, the Bible says die to yourself, but in in marriage, you're not only dying to yourself, but you're dying for your spouse. Um, So it's just like understanding that and preparing myself. Like when I get there, I want to be able to serve my spouse to the best of my ability. In order to do that, I got to start now. And the book has helped me get there. And it is helping me get there. And also read your Bible, you know, more more than these books. Read your Bible. Mm. The, the, the Holy Spirit will uh, uh, enlighten you. He will He will give you the word, the the knowledge, the wisdom that you need to apply the sex drive in the right way. My that will be. He said my message. Joseph and Sam's recommendation. Just he said read I'll the, the you Bible. Like you need to read. <laughs> yeah, my recommendations
0: are supplementary. I I wholeheartedly agree <laughs> with Sam. I <Yeah.
4: laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I would say, so something that I've learned uh, just in my in my brief time on this planet that God has allowed me to have. <laughs> um, I think two things. One, know that there are consequences to your actions. So I think for me, it's easy to, um, when you have an understanding of grace, there can still be a, a way that you can, that I've abused it. Mm. Like, oh, it's... Yeah, I get it. It'll be fine, but God'll forgive me. Like that's true, but there are also consequences mm. to your actions. Mm. Um and my dad and I were having a conversation about uh people point to um people in the Bible who are in the hall of faith like as a it's okay, like people have messed up and all that, and I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, like so David slept with Bathsheba and he's so a, a mighty man of God. He also lost a child. He yeah. also had to like bear that. And I imagine ah, like things good. that I've gone through, like what did David think about like mm. after he won a battle, after he went at home and he was like, Man, I wish I wouldn't have done xyz yeah, yeah. um but there's also grace yeah, exactly. um and that mistakes that i have made mistakes that we all make like god accounts for those things he knows that those things are going to happen and he also uses those things so that like as you grow as you become healthier as you as you learn as you have proper perspective like all of those things contribute to glorifying him even if it's yeah. like teaching somebody else speaking from your experiences even though like you might walk with a little bit of a limp that's a testament that like you're also healed that, like, amen just, like,
0: worked in your life. amen um
4: yeah oh that's, that's powerful. powerful yeah yeah
0: Sam, samson was in the hall of faith but i mean he died you know what, I mean? <laughs> you know what i'm <laughs> saying like yeah bro, like, because of his consequence, that <laughs> yeah, was the consequence. exactly
1: yeah
2: yeah we don't talk about that yeah i mean god's grace saves us it doesn't save us from consequence you know and yeah. so consequences are reality mm-hmm. but yeah i i would love to add to all of the i mean you guys great gave great insights and It was a pleasure having you guys on the podcast and having this conversation. Let us know in the comment section if you want to have a part two. Um, But I would say, yeah, there's freedom in being horny, knowing that it's God's design, but he's put parameters around that. And I hope we, in our conversation, gave you just a little bit more truth, a little bit more clarity on what to do um, when you have sex drives and how inherently they're not wrong, um, but it points us to a greater picture, um, a greater reality um, that God has for us. And so, yeah, and let's normalize this conversation. I, I was thinking about what Salim was saying. She's like, she had to talk to friends outside the church to get an understanding of what it is. It's such a shame, you know, It shouldn't be so, I hope, shaping the culture, Parasim Church, we get to, we get to bring these conversations to the light more often. Not because it's a trendy topic, or a hot topic, or controversial, or it's a clickbait, but really because in my in my life and in, in, in the life of those around me in the conversations I'm having with people, people are struggling in silence. Mm-hmm. And people are trying to figure this thing out. And if we claim to have some solutions, some answers, why not share that? You know, yeah. um, I think we're really good on championing the gospel, but not the implications of the gospel. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of implications as it pertains to se- our sexuality within the gospel. Yeah. And so I hope this episode blessed y'all. I hope it encouraged y'all. Until next time, family, like gonna deal, like
0: touching the meal, like this ain't clout. This isn't real life, I got a real life. Price is better than it ain't no doubt. I ain't got time to debate, this country to save, I've can't stay I pray.